0: Well, we're so glad that you're here today. We've been doing a series, we've been calling encounter how that one moment can change everything you know because we should be as believers we should be seeking an encounter with god but encounters with god come in many different forms sometimes we look at the idea of encounter with of of these great feelings and these holy ghost goosebumps and and these kind of things that's great and that's part of it but i know that that encounters can take on various forms And God wants to do so many things in our lives. We talked about the very beginning of this series, how that in John fourteen twenty three that it makes that Jesus made the statement that if you love me, you will obey my teaching, and the Father will love him, and we will come and make our home with him. I want God to sit up residence. I want to have an encounter with God. And a lot of you know, last week, um, Kim and I put out an announcement and we were here at 6.45 in the morning and met some people early before service praying. We did that again again this week. And uh, there was some more that joined us. And so I'm gonna go ahead and put my wife on the line too, and we're gonna do that next Sunday. And so I realize that that is early, but that's a time we can get in here and pray over the sanctuary and set an atmosphere because I am hungry for a genuine move of God. When they sing about do it again, I want him to do it again, but I want him to do what he wants to do today. I want a new move. I want him to be what he wants to do and him to have the freedom to move. And when we get hungry, I believe things are gonna happen because I want an encounter with God. So today we're gonna be finishing up this series. And as I was thinking about it, it was just a couple of weeks back that Kim and I had an evening at home and and uh, we were kind of, every now and then, you just get it kind of like, you know, I just want to relax and, and watch a movie or something. And, and we happened to have one of those codes where we could go to the red box and we could enter the code and we could get a movie for free. So we decided, okay. And so we looked, what's, what's out there? What's available? What can, what can be watched? And, and, you know, there's, there's things that there's a lot of trash out there. And so we're trying to weed through. And there's sometimes we want to watch a movie and we look, we're like, there's nothing. But we saw a movie that wasn't like super high on our list, but yet it was one of those movies like, you know, well, we saw the other five, we might as well finish the series, and it was the latest Mission Impossible movie. So it was Mission Impossible 6, whatever the name of it was. (coughs) And the thing about that that show is, or that that movie is, that whole series is the idea that this this guy, the main character Ethan Hunt, that he goes through life, and somewhere along the line, he gets this briefcase. It happens six times. He gets this briefcase. He opens up the briefcase, and there's a message just for him. He has to identify that it's him through DNA and eye scan and all this stuff. And so all of a sudden, the very first words out of the, the briefcase that he opens this is a recorded message that says, Your mission, should you choose to accept it, and then it goes out into this mission. Well, it's the thing about those six movies each time they, they feel like they got to try to outdo the one before it. And so it becomes more crazy, more elaborate, all this stuff that happens, and it's a lot of good action. And if you've got, you know, a good surround sound system, it can shake the room. Which I always tell Kim, that's why we bought it, so we can shake the house. I don't want it down just low. I didn't, you know, we didn't go to the trouble putting in the rear speakers and all that stuff for nothing, right? But I, thought, as I thought about that, and, and it goes through, you know, good news is, uh, not a spoiler, but the, the good guy wins in the end, okay? But I, was, but I was thinking about that idea and how that, you know, here's a man that six times was given a mission that was of dire circumstances. And six times he said yes to, should you choose to accept And I thought about that. I thought, you know, according to the plots of the movies, if he had said no to the mission at any of those six times, the world as we know it wouldn't exist. But then I thought, how many times do we get a mission and yet we say no? And the consequences are even more dire than that. You see what? When, when he opens the, the briefcase, it says your mission, should you choose to accept it? Well, you know what? I look through here, and I don't see anywhere in here where it says our mission, should we choose to accept it? And yet so many times we we take it that way. Think about that. And I know he never would, but just for a moment, what if Jesus had said no to the mission? What if the apostles had said no to the mission? What if the person that led you to Christ had said no to the mission? Where will we be? Your world as you know it would not exist. So I'm giving today's message the title, Encounter the Mission. Because usually we think of mission or we think of missions, we think of the Great Commission. Where Jesus said, go into all the world, preach the, preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that's that's good, but but and and so today, I am not giving a missions message. I'm giving a mission message. Because see, if it was a missions message, because I, I know if I throw the term out missions, that many of you instantly are going to check out. You think, well, they're going to talk about that, and there's going to be an offering at the end. I am not taking an offering at the end. You can put that. Like no guarantees. I mean, the Holy Spirit could speak, but anyway point being, though, is that we have this mission, and and it beat in God's, this mission beat in God's heart long before God ever breathed his life into you. Matter of fact, this mission beat in God's heart the moment man fell. His mission was to restore his creation back to right standing with him. That mission hasn't changed. And so when we talk about this, when we talk about this idea of the mission, if you, if you would humor me for just a moment, I want to say, because I begin to look at scripture through a little different filter, and I begin to think about, so if, if, if we're taking this theme and we're kind of running with it, would there be a moment that would be kind of Jesus' moment of him saying yes to the mission with the idea of the briefcase, his briefcase moment. And I settled on Luke chapter 14, verse 17 through 21. It says this, the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he sit. he found the place where it is written, the spirit of the Lord is on me, Because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Think about this. This is Jesus. I believe that that at this point, this is him saying yes to the mission. It is him saying, yes, this is my mission. And today, in front of everybody, I declare that I accept this mission. Today, in your hearing, this mission has been fulfilled. Think about that scene for a moment. It was a custom of of in the synagogues, for when different guests would come in, or at times or whatever they would, they would hand a scroll to somebody. They would read a passage, and when somebody read the passage, they would make comments on it. So there's no doubt this very passage had probably been read many times before, and probably somebody would stand up and they would make the statement that someday the messiah is coming someday things are going to change someday this is going to be fulfilled but how different it must have been for everybody there when all of a sudden jesus stands up he reads it he rolls it up hands it back sits down everybody's looking at him and he says today in your hearing this has been fulfilled what a moment then I think if you look forward a little bit to, to Paul, was there a moment that he had that, that kind of mission moment in 1 Timothy 1, 15 and 16? It says, he says this: here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason I was shown mercy, so that in me the worst of sinners. Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. See, we're here today because of what Jesus did. We're here today because of what the apostles did. And we're here today because what those that followed them did, which led to the person that led you to Christ. All of those people being on mission why is the world in the shape that it's in today if we have this mission to reach the world i think it's pretty simple i think far too many people have said no thank you to the mission i think that's the biggest key that 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 too many have said no thank you And they've shut the Bible, kind of like shutting that briefcase. And they sit it down and walk away. You know, the truth is, we love movies that are against overwhelming odds. We just don't like missions against overwhelming odds. Oh, I can sit and watch somebody else do it all day long. And we even clap for them. Even when we see people in real life, that get out and they're doing something on the edge for the kingdom of God. We want to applaud for them. We want to say, man, look at them. They're so awesome. Then when God speaks to us and says, hey, I've got something for you to do. No, thank you. And we do it. But there is something about faithfully carrying out the mission. So today I've kind of chosen a, Text for today's mission, today's message. If we were to narrow it down to one text, it'd be this: John twenty twenty one through twenty two. Again, Jesus said, "Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you." And with that, He breathed on them and said, "Receive the Holy Spirit." That ought to be our marching orders. That ought to be our moment. And here at the lakes we've defined that mission, that whole idea with a statement that's in our vision statement. And the last one is this, engage the lost. And if it helps you to take it upon yourself, we can even call it Operation Engage the Lost, okay? <laughs> to get the idea this is a mission we're supposed to be on. And, and there's nothing secret about this message, mission. It's, it's, we're supposed to be an agent of God's change in the world, of God's mission to the world. We're supposed to be about that. And we are obligated and we're destined to perform this mission by whatever means possible. So to boil it all down to one statement that you're going to hear me make more than once today is simple this. People on mission are the church a church that isn't is something else besides the church let that sink in for a moment people on mission on purpose are the church if the church is about something else it's not the church See, there's lots of organizations that call themselves churches, and I'm not here to slam anybody else, but they're not really on mission. And we need to think about this. So, so why did Jesus take on this mission in the first place? Well, it's pretty simple. We all ought to be able to quote it John 3 16 for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's his purpose. That was what compelled him. You could even put for God so loved, dot, 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 and that would explain everything in the Bible. So, why should we say yes to the mission? Well, it's pretty simple. All you have to do is look at the answer when people walked up to Jesus and said, Hey, what's the greatest commandment of all? It's pretty simple. It's found in Mark chapter 12, verse. 30, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. You notice it it says the word commandment, not should you choose. There's a difference between the two. So this morning as we talk about our mission, I'm going to break into three categories. First of all, I want to talk about our mission tactics. Because any mission we're taking on has a tactical side to it. So I was thinking about that. For those of you that were able to make it last Sunday night to our prayer night, um, Colson and Ruth Lacey that are our missionaries to Bolivia were back in the U.S. and they were just in for a short Time because she's expecting and they had an appointment and they were going to get sonogram done and figure out what the gender of the baby was and there is a hint on Facebook if you want to go look up their page that I don't want to give anything away on any recording in case family's listening until they get a chance but there's a pretty good hint there. But they were here and I was thinking talking about a mission tactics, what do they do? They're both veterinarians. They both are skilled in this area. And so what they've done is they've said, you know what, we're going to use our skill, we're going to go into this country that is very agricultural based, and we're going to use that to open doors and begin to have connections with people and use those skills, and then the process, build relationships and teach people about Christ. They're even having opportunities to teach in some of the veterinary schools that are down there and pour the gospel into those students that's being strategic with the skills that god has given them to make a difference others all over the world do the same thing they use medicine they use teaching they use whatever skills they have to make a difference for the kingdom the whole goal being though to work themselves out of a job That's what I love about many of the missionaries. They don't go in to earn a paycheck. They go in to get something set up and work themselves out of the job, hand it over to somebody else, and many times will even go learn another language to start over the process somewhere else. Mission tactics, Colossians 4, 4 through 6. I think Paul nails it on the head right here. He says this, pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. And we could stop right there, though we're not. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Man, if we just put that into practice... See, I'm convinced that many times people say no to the mission because they don't see tactically how they matter. Well, I see how God could use this person. I see how God could use that person. But from a tactics perspective, how could He really use me? But the truth is, there's all kinds of ways that He can use us. I mean, think about what that passage says. It's not that difficult. God wants us to make the most of every opportunity. And if we had, if he had simply wanted, if his goal was just to get you and I to heaven and that was it, you know, there's a more efficient way you could do that. I thought, this is really off the wall. Okay, but just listen to me for a moment. Why doesn't he just take us to heaven the moment we're saved? Less chance of backsliding, Right? Less chance of losing out. I mean, what if if our goal, now I don't know who'd be here to conduct the service, but, but, what, but what if we were here and, and somebody come in, we come in and then they pray, they give their life to Christ and so like, boop, they're gone. <laughs> but the reason I believe that that doesn't happen is because we have a mission to share this with somebody else. To be on, there's a tactical purpose that you bring to the table that nobody else does. There are insights to reach into somebody else's life in a way that nobody else can. John seventeen, eighteen. In the message, I I just, I couldn't help but to use this. Says this, in the same way, Jesus talking, in the same way you gave me a mission in the world, I give them a mission in the world. Think about that. Think about that thought, mission in the world. I want you to underline, I want you to underline that idea, in the world. Because Jesus had a mission in the world. You and I have a mission in the world. It's our job. It's our responsibility. You know what? If Think about it. If it really was mission impossible, then he wouldn't have said to take it to the whole world. It is possible. And you're part of the God's family because somebody else fulfilled their part of the mission. I truly believe that the fear is the biggest thing that keeps us sidelined. But can I say something to kind of put that at ease for just a moment? God never asked you to be anything other than what he created you to be. Because what are we trying to say? Oh, God, you must have made a mistake. I'm just not built that way. Wait a minute. God never asked you to be anything he didn't create you to be. It's your purpose. He knows you better than you know yourself. He knows things that are down inside of you that you haven't even figured out yet are there. He wants you, you know... You may be created for the front lines. There are people that thrive being out front. There are people that thrive being out there and going to places like Bolivia or or various places. And man, they they thrive being out on the front line in the middle of the action. You know, it seems like life-threatening situations don't phase them a bit. They just keep on going. There are people that are wired like that. But there's also in this mission, we need people that have that are there for tactical purposes. We need people that are good at logistics. We need people that are good at support. We need people that are good at PR. We need people that are good at training. We need people that are good at teaching. We need people that are good at raising up the next generation. There's roles for every single one of us, and God never asked you to do anything that He didn't create you to be. As a matter of fact, the only thing I don't see on the list. Is the option for us to say none of the above? So let's look at our mission commitment. Because we're going to talk about the church being people on a mission, and if the church isn't on its mission, it's something else. It's time we quit being something else, and it's time we become the church again. It's time we recommit. So let's look at Paul's farewell to the church in Ephesus. He makes this statement in Acts chapter 20, verse 24. He says, However, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. What is this life worth if we don't use it for the assignment that God gave us? Whether that be a commitment to the mission, ministry involvement, through our living example, as he said, making the most of every opportunity. Our mission is to share by any and all means Think about this. Sharing is something we were supposed to have learned when we were in the nursery. Go to the nursery. It doesn't have to be taught as far as this idea of mine. I, I, I love when I, when I pop in to visit and you see kids beginning to walk and play and very few words are in their vocabulary, but mine's usually one of them. And they'll, and they'll be playing with a toy and there could be another one in the pile over there that some of their kid goes and picks up. They're not even using, they're not mine. And so we have to work at a very early age to teach the little ones, if you had kids, you know what I'm talking about. You have to teach them the idea of share. It's okay to share. Let somebody else have a turn. Share and we learn it and we grow up to be good people or do we really learn it? because we're supposed to share this gospel see there's, a, there's, there's the Bible has a word for sharing the good news and it's really a very misunderstood word it's the word evangelism do you know evangelism has become a dirty word? you throw it out there it's like, <gasps> you said the E word You can see the glazing over. We can put it on a barbecue. Let's have an evangelism Saturday. Cricket, 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 cricket. It is, it's like it's this dirty word. But you know what the interesting thing is? The original word in the original Greek literally means to share the good news. Good news. We're all pretty good at sharing good news. I mean, you go somewhere and you find your new favorite Mexican food place, all your friends are going to know that you found your new Favorite Mexican food place yeah I mean I did that here recently we tried a new place Like, I took a picture and put it on Facebook hey I found my new favorite place if we save 15% on car insurance we share that right or at least the commercials tell us but there's ways that we can do this thing, this outside of this idea of fear. We share all the time. So why can't we share the good news? See, once we commit to the mission, we find our tactical approach and we find our position and all that stuff, then then we need to look at the mission's scope. The good news is, God has given us a target so broad. It's hard to miss. I heard that statement they couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. I've been to the shooting range with Kevin, he can. <laughs> but yet, the scope of the mission that we've been given is so large. I mean, when you set the target as the world, how can you miss? Yet the truth is, some of us don't even try. But let's look at, the good news God has given us is great. But let's look at Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Be my witness in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He has given us this broad scope mission. He's, he's, and he's given us, he hasn't just given us the mission, but he's given us the power to do it. And if we don't believe that, aren't we in essence calling Jesus a liar? He told us not to worry about what we're gonna say in advance. He told us that he would empower us and that he sent the Holy Spirit to empower us to be witnesses. Mm, I'm about to get myself in trouble. I'm going anyway. something is wrong when we we'll relegate the power of the Holy Spirit just for the purpose of making us feel good. We were empowered for a reason. I mean, are you a homebody? Great, that's part of the mission. Your home, your neighborhood, that's your Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Love the state and love the, the, this nation. Great, that's still on mission too. Like to travel and see the world? That's on mission too. There's no place we can go that isn't part of the mission. And if you notice it, he didn't say all, or, he said and. It's all inclusive. Think of this, in a world, it's estimated that there's a world population of about 7.6 billion people it's estimated that 2.4 billion of those people profess Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's about 32%. But you put that in perspective, there is an estimated 4.7 billion cell phones. So we're better at making cell phones than we are at making disciples. Something's wrong with that picture. Huh. <laughs> Man, I'm getting myself in trouble today. How many of you have a cell phone? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but how many of you want somebody to Christ? Point made, huh? Jesus said you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. I want you to notice something. He didn't say you will be my defense attorney. He didn't call you to defend him. He didn't call you to try to win arguments over whether or not he exists. He can defend himself. He called you to be his witness. He didn't call you to be the prosecuting attorney. It's not our job to go around and find every fault with every person we can and try to make sure they're prosecuted for it. He called us to be his witness. What does a witness do? A witness tells the account of something that happened to them. That's all he's asking us to do. You know your story. You know what God did for you. You know your experience. All he's asking for you to do is to be his star witness. Just tell the story that only you can tell. I once was, but now I am. They can't argue with that. It happened to you. Were you there? No, so I'm telling you the truth. Meh. live it out I mean that that could be all kinds of places you're the expert on your life see people on mission are the church church that isn't is something else my Bible tells me that Jesus is coming back for his bride the church so the question is are we being the church To bring this to a close, I want to put Colossians 4 4 through 6 back up there. What do we do? We chicken out, we back away because we make it more complicated than it has to be enemy talks us out of it but all we have to do is tell our story as we go through life instead of going through the automatic scanner maybe we stand in line behind a couple extra people so we can speak to the person that's actually checking run the register even if it's just to say God bless you But many times I've found that if you're open, it's amazing how you'll be someplace that people will just begin to open up and tell their life story to you. And what we don't need to do is, okay, that's weird, and just find a way to back out. Man, when that door is open, walk through it. Tell them your story the person that waits on you at the restaurant all these various things that we go through life Colossians 4, 4 through 6 I'm going to do something different I want us to pray through points of this scripture because what does he say? He says pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should When was the last time you asked Jesus to help you proclaim it clearly as you should? I mean, you really asked him. What if we gave it a try? What if we did it right now? Pray it, I dare you. Let's pray it. Father, Lord, I pray. Lord, I pray it over myself. I pray that I may proclaim your word and tell the story of what you've done in my life clearly as I should. Lord, it's, it's something that we all should do. Lord, we know it. Lord, let us... I just pray you help us get past our excuses and that the church will rise up and be the church again. Then you went on to say, be wise in the way that you act towards outsiders. Lord, we ask you to help us. Lord, let us approach outsiders, right? There are people that we come across that have different lifestyles than us different ways of doing things, different ways of looking at things. But Lord, I just pray that you'll help us (laughs) to be wise in the way that we act towards them. Lord, and act towards them in a Holy Spirit-inspired way that you'll give us wisdom to to break down some of the barriers. Because as we talked about last week, so many times they have a picture of who we are that isn't accurate, and we have a picture of who they are that isn't accurate. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us to approach them in a wise way. It says, make the most of every opportunity. Lord, don't let us shy away from opportunities. Let us make the most of them. Lord, and give us more opportunities, not less. Let us slow down. Let us walk through life with our eyes open to opportunities, looking for opportunities. May we get up in the morning and declare, Lord, we're on call today. It says, let your conversation be always full of grace. Season with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. Father, let our conversations always be full of grace. Lord, your word declares we're supposed to be salt and light to this world. So, Lord, let let our conversation be full of salt. Lord, just as we go through life, let us put a little holy seasoning on everything that we say to make a difference in somebody's life. And to minister to them, Lord, in a powerful way. Lord, making the most of every single opportunity. Lord, so we'll follow you. Lord, I pray that today that you would awaken us, make us your church, and Lord, that get us all on mission.